the gentleness of God has the power to transform. I, I pray for Steve this morning. I pray that as he ministers your word, that you would come upon him in power, that he might speak with the authority of the Scriptures by the authority of the Holy Spirit. And may your word find its place in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I start with the message proper that God's given me for today, I went to listen to this guy, Patrick Regan, last night. He was in Norwich as part of his UK tour. And so much of what he said crosses with what I'm about to say. So I almost don't need to say anything today because much of what I'm about to say has kind of been said through the prophetic before we got to this point. But I'm going to say it anyway because it's still what God's given me. So we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit and today we're talking about gentleness. So the fruits of the Spirit are aspects of God's character. The God's character that's made manifest to us, through us, and from us into the world. And that's because the Spirit of God lives in us if we belong to Jesus. So what is the gentleness of God? So to understand the gentleness of God, we need to understand the power of God. And that might sound like a contradiction, but it isn't. And I'm going to explain why. But first I want to tell you a short story. I was recently away on holiday with my family in Zambia. And my brother-in-law said that we were going off to go meet somebody who had a strange hobby. He lifted cars for fun. And that was my reaction too. I didn't know what to expect. But when I got there, it was really clear that this guy was very able to lift cars. And the guy was built. Clearly worked really hard in the gym. The most predominant thing that came across to me from talking to him was his gentleness. And it struck me that when someone has a lot of power, if they don't act with a spirit of gentleness, they can overwhelm and destroy very easily, even if they don't mean to. And power, when it overwhelms, or if it's used in a wrong way, becomes a force for terrible destruction. God, on the other hand, holds the power of creation. God spoke and he created the world. He holds the power to create healing at his will. He set in motion all the laws that govern the universe around us, both the physical world and the spiritual world. He set all those laws in motion way back at the beginning of, of creation, way before Adam fell from grace, before Adam chose to turn away from God. And that same power that set the universe in motion, that created our solar system, that made the cells in your body, that created the systems and the functions of your body that allow us to do what we do day after day after day, is the power of the same God. God doesn't change. God's the same yesterday, today and forever. 
And if you belong to Jesus, that same power lives inside of you, lives inside of me, his power. The friend that I met was a powerful guy. His arms were like tree trunks. But compared to God, he had no power at all. Jesus chose to live as a man. He chose to come and be our replacement, to be a sacrifice for us, to pay the price for everything we have ever done that separates us from the perfect will, love, and timing of God. That was an act of love. But it was an also was an act of power. God knew the end from the beginning. He knew he'd raised Jesus from the dead. And he knew that Jesus would, in his resurrected body, then ascend to heaven to be seated at the right hand with God, where he is now and will be until he comes back. Jesus defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated everything that stands in the way of our relationship with God. We talk a lot about Jesus defeating death and sin, but what about everything else? Jesus defeated everything that happened when Adam chose to turn from God. Jesus gave us a way back to God, to be able to walk in the garden with God. When you combine power and love, you get gentleness. Gentleness is about acting in a way that causes no harm. It's about acting in a way that supports and nourishes. If someone has all the power at their disposal, it's an outpouring of their love that makes them act in a way that's gentle. Sometimes in our culture, we see gentleness as weakness. We see gentleness as being trodden over, as people getting the better of us. But that's not the truth at all, that's a lie. If you have no power, there is no need to be gentle. Now imagine if a cricket came and jumped on my arm. It doesn't matter to me whether that cricket jumps gently and moves very carefully on my arm, or whether he's angry and he stomps up and down on my arm. It makes no difference to me, because he doesn't have enough power for it to impact me either way. You've got to have power for gentleness to have any meaning. Gentleness is about a laying down of your power, deliberately, intentionally, just as Jesus did when he went to the cross. God's power is absolute. Because of the way God loves us, he wants us to have hope and a future. He's a desire and a plan and a purpose for our lives. The first step of that plan is he wants to bring us back into relationship with him, he wants to reach us. He wants us to reach out to Jesus and accept Jesus into our hearts. And then having called us back, he wants to use us for his purposes. He wants to use us for his glory. He wants to take your talents and your skills. He wants to take the giftings that he gave you, that you were born with, and he wants to use them for the purposes of his kingdom. The Bible tells us that he has a plan for us and that the plan is a good one. It's a plan to prosper us, not to harm us. 
plan to give us hope and a future. Despite the enormity of God's power, he brings that power to us in a way that we can receive it. It stepped down for us through gentleness. If he came with all of his power upon us, we would be overwhelmed. It's too much for us. But he used his gentleness to reach us. He wants the might of his love to reach into the depths of our hearts. We can see gentleness as an outpouring of power through the lens of love. God's gentleness works with us in three ways. Firstly, God's gentleness comes to us. Then it works within us. And then it flows from us. I'm going to talk a little bit about each one of those now. Firstly, God's gentleness to us. God steps down his power through the lens of love, as I've said, and that allows him to act on us, with us, and through us in a way that supports and upholds us, doesn't harm us, but nourishes us and nurtures us. To Samuel, chapter 22, 36, says, You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. So God gives us the protection of salvation through Jesus. But how does his gentleness make us great? Doesn't that sound like a contradiction? The Hebrew word that's used here for gentleness, which I'm not going to try to pronounce, but it has its roots in being bowed down or afflicted. It's about submitting yourself or weakening yourself. His gentleness, God's gentleness, picks us up. It restores us. He steps down his power so that we're rooted in love and he can reach us. That's God's gentleness to us. God remembers our frame. He remembers how fragile we are. Psalm 103 says, As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows the fragility of our form. He knows the pain that holds us back in our hearts. And because of that, he steps down his power to us through an immense amount of gentleness. We haven't failed. He knows why we are where we are. He knows why you are where you are. And he understands. He understands the things from your childhood, from your earlier life, that have brought you to where you are now. God knows the places in your heart where you've hardened yourself to him. God knows the places where you've not given all of yourself to him. And God wants all of you. God wants you to know today that his power and his love can minister into those places. Those places of stubbornness or rebellion those places where we've been forged and formed into something outside of God's purpose for us. God wants his gentleness to come through and take away the things that hinder you, take away the things that keep you bound up and separated from God. The second aspect is really an extension of the first, and that's God's gentleness that works within us. If you have the Holy Spirit living within us, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, 
then the power of God resides in your spirit. And that gives us the same power that he has. And he's given us the authority to use that power in Jesus' name. We've already been authorized and we've been empowered. The gentleness of God has the power to transform. The gentleness of God has the same power over your resistances and your blocks in your life and in my life as water does over iron. You wouldn't logically expect a flowing, gentle stream to dissolve iron, but we know that it does. I remember a number of years ago, one of the first times I walked in the Peak District in Derbyshire, being amazed at the russet colour of some of the some of the streams that come down from the high hills. They run with a russet colour that's because they've dissolved iron in their path. There's actually even a more extreme example, I believe in Iceland, there's a waterfall that runs the colour of blood. And it runs blood red because of the iron it dissolves in its path. It's called blood falls. Jesus' blood falls, doesn't it? As the living water, that's Jesus, flows within us, it has the power to dissolve the deepest blocks, the places of resistance, the places of rebellion, the places where we don't feel like we're enough, the places of insecurity, the places where we tell ourselves lies, the places where we've believed the lies of others. Did you know, did you really know, that there's no need for shame? Did you know that there's no need for misplaced guilt or resentment or jealousy or blame? Do you really know it in your heart or do you just know it in your head? Many of us know it in our heads, but it's very hard to feel those things in our hearts all the time. Sometimes there are deep-seated roots in, um, sorry, deep-seated blocks in us. Sometimes they come from childhood. Sometimes they come from being, being reinforced over the years. But God wants, through His gentleness, to come in and dissolve those places. He wants to throw them away. He wants to remove those blocks and those obstacles that stand between you and Him. He wants to get rid of all the stuff that doesn't serve you in serving him. He wants to dissolve it with his living water. Just as he wants to cast away our sin, he also wants to cast away the barriers and the blocks, even the deepest hidden places within our hearts where we've held something back from him. He wants to dissolve those and he wants to minister his love into those places with his gentleness. Every sin you've ever committed is forgiven if you're in Christ and can be forgiven if you've not yet opened the door of your heart to Jesus. And every sin you will go on to commit and each one of us before today's out will commit a multitude of sins, I'm sure. 
We may not do anything outwardly, but our thoughts, our feelings, our words, we may not always act out in faith, following the word of God fully. God's standards are high, yes. But the good news, Jesus has cleared the way for everything to already be forgiven. God only ever wants intimacy with us. He only ever wants to be close to us. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you to know him and to be in a real relationship with him. So the gentleness of God comes within us to transform us by the removing of those blocks that stand in our way, by dealing with those barriers. There might be bits you hold back. There might be bits that you say, Lord, yeah, I give you everything, but not that bit. I want to keep that bit. And there'll be different things for each of us, but we all know what they are. God wants all of you. He wants all of me. Guilt, shame. They've held the church in bondage for too many years. And in some ways, the church is more prone to be held bondage by shame than people outside of the church. Because we try to follow God's word, which we can easily interpret as ought to's and should's. And we can't live up to it because we're human and we're made of flesh. But there is no need for shame. God wants to release shame. He wants to deliver us from that shame that holds us back and blocks us and holds us rooted in our place. And it stops us from moving out in the power and the authority of his name and his blessing. Do you know he loves you? I mean, he really loves you. Do you really know it? Do you tell yourself it every day? Do you remind yourself of the truth of how much God loves you every single day? You see, only when we're touched by the gentleness of God can you learn to be gentle with yourself. What are your thought processes like? What about your heart processes? Are they gentle? Do you criticize yourself? Do you tell yourself you're not good enough? Do you tell yourself you're not enough? You're not clever enough? Not strong enough? Do you tell yourself you failed again? Or do you encourage yourself to get up? God's gentleness, when it flows within us, gives us the power to change how we talk to ourselves. And we talk to ourselves more than anybody else talks to us. We have thoughts all day, every day. Change them with the gentleness of God and you will transform your world. The third aspect that I want to touch on briefly is God's gentleness flowing out from us. You see, God wants 
his gentleness to be made manifest in your life. He wants to transform. He wants to repair. He wants to heal and he wants to restore. But only when you can be gentle with yourself can you be authentically gentle with others. I'm not talking here about speaking gentle words or speaking in a soft voice. I'm talking about a heart-driven flow of gentleness that comes from the power of the Spirit of God. When we use gentle words, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, generally. But if we're feeling angry and resentful inside, all we're doing is we're pushing down our emotions. All we're doing is we're denying the reality of where we're at. And God doesn't want us to deny where we're at. God wants us to bring who we are to him, warts and all. He wants us, every bit of us, every broken bit of us. He wants us to come and lay that before his throne and before the cross and ask for him to transform it. The more power of God shines through our lives and the more God's power works through us towards other people, whatever ways we're called to do that, the more gentleness we need. The more we need the ability to see people where they really are. Without fault, without judgment, to recognize people's struggles with compassion and sensitivity. To recognize with a gentle heart the place where somebody is and to meet them where they are now. That's what Jesus did. He met people at their point of pain and he brought healing, deliverance and transformation. So if you want to see more of God's power moving in your life, if you want to see more of God's power within your life and flowing out from your life, then I believe you need an outpouring of God's gentleness too. I believe times are coming very soon when we as God's people are going to be called to move increasingly in step with his love for those around us. We're going to need to move in his power. We're going to need to bring his power in what we do within the church and outside of the church. And to do so, we need that inpouring of his gentleness. So I want to encourage you as I finish up today. If there are places in your heart that the Holy Spirit has highlighted to you today, if there are places of brokenness, if there are places where you know you've not given everything to God, if there are places where you have held back, maybe through fear, God wants to move on you with a new spirit of gentleness. So I want to encourage you to Come forward for a time of ministry. We're not necessarily going to see God's gentleness transform everything, but it's important, I believe, that you make that declaration to God that says, yes, God, I want more of you. I want the gentleness of your power 
and your love to come to me so that you can work within me and can flow out of me and move me into the giftings that I have.